From runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 760, PowerShell Crescendo with guest Jason Helmick. Recorded Saturday, December 19, 2020. Run As Radio is produced each week by Sound Thoughts, LLC. For more information, visit soundthoughtsllc.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and thanks for listening to Run As Radio. Uh, bringing back an old friend of mine, Jason Helmick, who calls himself a 30-plus-year IT veteran and author, learning specialist at Pluralsight, but he's not at Pluralsight anymore. What have you done to your career, sir? Richard, <laughs> Richard, my friend, it's good to see you. Yeah. Uh, great to join you. I need to update you on my bio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, Pluralsight. I love being at Pluralsight. Well, you guys did great things there. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of my friends are still there, especially Don Jones and all that, but this, this amazing opportunity happened. I was walking down the street in Seattle one day (laughs) (laughs) and, um, I ran across Jeffrey Snover and he said, Hey, you know, there's this opportunity that's opening up if you're interested on the PowerShell team. And I'm like, dude, you, you you don't have to ask it like a question. It's where do I sign? So, yeah, no kidding. Um, big career change, but uh, fortunately, uh, very, very happy with it to be at Microsoft and to be on the PowerShell team, um, spending all of my thought moments working on PowerShell and automation. So it's really cool. Yeah, and exciting stuff. And congratulations, like, to be part of Thanks. what's going on there and, and working adjacent to the tech fellow himself. That's got to be pretty cool. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I got to say working with uh, being able to work with Jeffrey and uh, all of the brilliant minds that are on the team uh, are engineers that are just as passionate <laughs> as I've discovered as the most passionate community members about agonizing over every decision. Um, these kind of smart people, I am very comfortable with going, hey, we're going to have an explosive next 10 years with PowerShell. No kidding. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I grabbed a comment off of show 577. So this is from 2018. And it was a, a show I did with uh, Tom Lemoncelli. We were talking about the practice of system and network administration. So it was really more about what is it to be a professional and to sort of organize yourself and this modern way of thinking of more automation, uh, integrating with other teams, like all of that good stuff. And of course, PowerShell was part of that conversation inevitably. And uh, Mark, uh, one of the listeners, and this is again, a three-year-old comment said, uh, plus one for pay stops. Pay stops was my gateway drug. Before I knew it, I, I was writing wrappers to already existing command lists to pass in that step one, set username variable as a parameter. I haven't even started writing tests yet, but I started using Git to keep track of changes and share the tools with other people on my team. Git. Now there's a topic for expanding for us noobs. Uh, I I love this comment just because it's like, that's an IT guy talking about how to share code. You know, how to, how to function in this new world. Like that's what, that's what it looks like today. It's, 
it is an amazingly evolving world. I like to use uh, one of Jeffrey's phrases, the world is a messy place. But with PowerShell, and this is not part of his quote, but with PowerShell, we can kind of reduce some of that messiness. And so I think one of the best things is that a lot of people have found that as their needs have expanded and they've grown their skills to be able to adapt, maybe they're using Get or, hey, there's this thing called Kubernetes and I want to use cube control and stuff like that, that they're... They're investing a lot of effort to be able to use those. And maybe they wanted to make it easier and they themselves were trying to wrap it. But, you know, kind of to that point is that PowerShell is inclusive. I often kind of joke about this is that the whole, you know, five years ago, and Richard, you'll remember this, five Mm -hmm. years ago, if you put a Linux admin and a Windows admin in the same room, you were probably going to have a fist fight going on. They did not like each other. They did not talk to each other. They've been coached to dislike each other, even though they did many of the same things. I mean, this is why I started Run As. You know, back in the early aughts, I'm like, there's these IT podcasts, but they're also hostile to Microsoft technology. But then if you listen closely, you realize... They're still using it. They're just angry about it. It's like, can they're I, angry about yeah, it? Yeah. I needed to uh, make most, a show that was just like, listen, we use this stuff. We should be good at it. And, and, you know, the most amazing thing has happened over the last few years is that, and I'm not giving all the credit to PowerShell 6 no. and now PowerShell 7, but part of the thing, the, the, the environment that changed is when PowerShell went cross-platform, that started to give a reason for Windows admins and Linux admins to have a common language and a common conversation. And it's starting to happen now. A lot of times I'll see, and of course it's remote uh, today at the, at the moment, but I'll, I'll be uh, talking with Windows admins and Linux admins who are working together, who enjoy working together, who are, to your point, helping each other solve the same kind of management problems yeah, and, and it's sharing their experiences. And so I look at PowerShell and yeah, it sounds kind of weird, you know, PowerShell, we just hug it out. But you know, that the idea is that PowerShell, if you use PowerShell, it should be helping you advance your career and it should stay up with you. And it shouldn't matter if you're using a PowerShell command or if you have some, uh, and I don't want to say legacy. I want to say some very valuable console commands that I refer to as native commands that they may have been some older ones, but mm-hmm. there may be some brand new ones like Docker and Cube Control. We should be able to work together to, to you know, make that an easier experience. Absolutely. And so, Mark, thank you so much for your comment. A Run As Radio mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a Run As Radio mug, write a comment on the website at runasradio.com or on the social medias. Every show is published to LinkedIn and to Facebook. And if you comment there and I read it on the show, I'll send you a Run As Radio mug. All right, dude, let's get into this topic here because I thought PowerShell was done. Isn't it finished? Doesn't it already do everything? Like, why do you, what are you even going to do? Well, well, first of all, I did not show up to close the doors on PowerShell. (laughs) I did, I showed up to do the opposite. Um, We've got another, you know, great 20 years ahead of us. We've, we're looking 10 years out really strongly. So PowerShell is exploding. And so, Take a look at your own needs. Everybody has their needs. They're looking at cloud. Who's cloud? Everybody's cloud. Well, PowerShell needs to, of course, support Azure, but it needs to support AWS. It needs to support Google. It Mm -hmm. needs to support Oracle. We need to work with everybody. So, yes, we're heavily invested uh, in making sure that people that are moving to the cloud, that they can have a better experience through their management and automation 
Um, and we're not talking just lift and shift. We're talking the entire management um, so that you can have a better experience. So, yes, we're continuing that. But we're doing a lot of tooling outside of the PowerShell engine as well. Um, so, uh, you know, as we've been releasing, we just released 7.1, which was mainly thanks to the community. This is a lot of the community contributions. But a lot of these contributions that we've been adding in and that we've been doing, we've been doing as modules to extend PowerShell's capabilities so that we can rapidly get this stuff out. And it's a lot of amazing areas. How many people have passwords? So, yes, we've got to be able to work on secrets management yeah. and make that easier for folks to be able to work with. So there's a lot of avenues we're working on. And I think you ran across one of the ones that I'm working on with Crescendo. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, before we just walk past secrets management, because I've certainly tweeted out about secrets management as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I think the big thing is just this idea of, look, no passwords in scripts, but but having that unified approach to all that. So just don't walk past that, man, because I, I think well, there's lots of folks writing great PowerShell today who just not grabbed on to th this more centralized, modernized thinking, the same way we use Azure Key Vault for, for keys uh, for our apps and, and resources in the field. You say the secrets management module is about that for your PowerShell. Exactly. So not everybody has access to a great vault like Azure Key Vault. Right. Or they may have several vaults or they may have no vaults at all. So depending upon your particular situation, you may be sitting there going, gee whiz, uh, what do I do with, with these passwords and what do I do with these access keys and all this kind of stuff? Well, yeah, the idea is, is that we want to be able to provide you with secrets management mm -hmm. in your vaults. Um, if you go out to the gallery right now, we have uh, previews out for secret management and secret store that allows different vaults for different systems and different environments. Now, this is work that has been obviously because we're talking secrets here. This has been a lot of work going into this. Um, and I can tell you that really one of the best people to reach out to on our team is Sydney Smith, who really runs uh, the secrets management. And I know that she is planning on getting an RC out towards the beginning of the year. So we'll get a release candidate out of secrets management. Nice. We've had a lot of great results with it. And yes, this is to help solve that problem of get your passwords or whatever security credentials you have out of your scripts and into a manageable way that you can use. And you can do that in any environment. And so I could be communicating with Azure Key Vault under the hood with through this module, right? I don't. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I love that idea. And, it, and it also, you know, when you think about themes coming into 2021, it's still this just enough administration, right? That I, I, I actually have more accounts that I'm dealing with ever before, than ever before now because I need to run a script with only just enough privileges to do the thing it needs to do. And that means I end up with a lot more accounts and you can't keep them straight, nor should you <laughs> keep this stuff stashed away. I love that. I love that. Nor should you yeah. keep them straight. And yeah, and I think, you know, all of us have a, as, as, as our primary focus has got to be security. No mm -hmm. matter what we're doing, we've got to be thinking about security. And, you know, uh, it's not uncommon today that, a lot of folks have scripts running, and yes, maybe they've created a service account or something, but they're not necessarily managing that. They're putting it in their scripts. It is a danger. Yes. Well, this is a great way to get out of that danger to, to you know, improve your security modeling and ensure that you're doing things correctly. So, yeah, we want to make sure that you have that kind of capability. Well, and just a reminder, they're targeting us, right? Like those bad guys target admins now. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 
as they should, right? Because mm-hmm. that's that is that can be a weak point to access a network. An right. administrator could be that weak point. Now, most administrators, especially if they're listening to run as radio, they know better and they're trying to do things to ensure that this is not um, uh, as bad of an issue. But still, yeah. even today, you could be doing the best of the best and you can get caught. So why not? Take things like secrets management and make sure that you're utilizing this thing because at the end of the day, the worst thing we could do is put our credentials into our scripts and share those things out. So let's stop doing that. Especially admin credentials. And I do think that there's lots of folks that have worked hard to protect the users but have not worked as hard to protect themselves. Exactly. And so they take putting those cycles into the administrator privileges, just recognizing that the black hats have figured out we've gotten pretty good at locking down users. And so they're aiming for us now, but I I don't want to purely focus on security because it looks like crescendo was the thing that pulled you into this, isn't it? Well, you know, crescendo and there's uh, a lot of things that I focus on on the team is uh, shell improvements all up, how to modernize, And then next gen the shell. So a lot of the things I've been looking at, uh, you might have seen things like predictive IntelliSense, right? Um, which we're we're extending that even further. Working with a great team, the Azure PowerShell team, and my friend Damien Carroll over there, and Azure PowerShell now has a machine learning based predictor that you can use. Wow. So we're trying to find ways to modernize the shell and then extend that to make it more usable for people. But it's not just, well, you know, I don't work in the shell. I spend most of my time in VS Code. Well, of course we're extending that um, and bringing these improvements there. And and it occurs to me when you, as soon as you bring up that ML story, it's like we've done the shows on .NET Rocks for for Visual Studio developers showing that this technology is showing up in IntelliSense and, and all of that predictive behavior that, and I got to imagine this is like the the kinder, gentler Microsoft, this friendly Microsoft, where all that technology is being shared everywhere inside of the organization. So the advancements that the teams have made on editors has got to be impacting everybody. Well, and a great example is, is that, you know, we put a lot of thought into not only modernizing predictions. So if you if you if, if you've used like Z shell or mm-hmm. fish shell, you've had their auto completions, which is very similar to what we just released with seven one uh, PS Readline 2.1 has that similar style of prediction. But we've. We've got a beta out of PS Readline 2.2 that we've added some views that are pretty magical so that you see more of your history as the prediction is occurring. And you get now these third-party ML uh, things. And one of the best parts is, is yeah, so I get to go and talk to the IntelliCode team, Mm -hmm. learn from the things that they've been learning from for their auto-completions and their suggestions. And I can talk to the Azure PowerShell team and they're learning a lot. And so we can communicate and learn from each other and really advance this. So the improvements we're doing in the shell and the improvements we do in VS Code isn't just something that, hey, this is you know what Jason's doing. No, this is a collection of teams at Microsoft working on this. And we're trying to advance it on our side for PowerShell. Right. And we think... We're really starting to be helpful because really the goal is for an advanced person, we want to accelerate them so they can start their thought and then see that they had successfully done it in history before. Right. They can immediately pick it and go. But a new user, now they don't have it in their history. They haven't been successful before. So we're learning ways to try to teach them to be successful. You get a brand new commandlet, like you're trying to build a new VM. Wouldn't it be cool 
If when you type new AZVM, it pops up and says, hey, you need to give me the name of the VM and a resource group that it goes into. Right. And it, and it already starts to fill out that data. Maybe you created the resource group, so it auto-populates that name. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening today. Right. So they ju- And they, the fact that you have these privileges over certain tenants in Azure, like it should know the list of things that you're likely to enter there just by what you have rights to. It should know it, or it should be able to learn it from right. anything that you've typed before. Right. So as a, as a new user that doesn't necessarily have a lot of experience, we can help guide you through those, those yeah. things that you need to be successful. Then once you have that success, now it's in your history and PS Readline will bring it back to you anytime that you need it. Well, so the predictive IntelliSense is turning out to be a lot more useful than I think a lot of people initially gave it credit for. And I think that, yeah, I love this balancing act too that you've got because everybody's a beginner at some point, but then you're never a beginner right. again. So, and I think it's easier to build hints and things for beginners because that's generally what you're showing to first, but then it quickly becomes annoying once you've got a little bit of experience to have that sense evolve to recognize my own familiarity. Mostly, like you said, bringing back commands of issue before them. That's the thing. I mean, how many times have you pressed that up arrow looking through old commands yep. you've sent? You know, the fact that you could sense that I'm headed that direction and sort them for me and and just say, you're most likely to do one of these three things. Uh, boy, that's going to save me a ton of time. Yeah, and we we do have, um, you know, we're, we're really working, uh, looking forward to a lot of the work that we're doing with the ML-based providers or, mm-hmm. for that matter, any additional predictors as we explore this area of, of what can we do to help you if you're newer and then once you're not newer and you've been successful, how do we accelerate you so that, you know, for me, you know, I have a lot of GitHub repo syncing I need to do first thing in the morning. And yeah, I can write this all into a script, but a lot of this changes very fluid. And so it's also just as fast for me to hit a couple of keystrokes and be able to pull all this stuff up quickly from my history and just get it done. And then I can go back through the history and automate it later if I want to. It's it's both effective for people that spend a lot of time in the shell. And as we're working towards it, we expect it to be very useful in VS Code as well. That's awesome. And Jason, I'm going to interrupt for one moment for this very important message. This episode of Run As Radio is brought to you by the Humanitarian Toolbox. Humanitarian Toolbox builds open source software for disaster relief organizations. One of the leading projects called Two Weeks Ready helps individuals, families, and communities prepare for disasters using smartphones. HDBox builds and operates this and other applications on behalf of a variety of disaster response organizations, and they need your help. Go to htbox.org for more information or to make a tax-deductible donation. HDBox is a 501c3 U.S. registered charity. Your donations help support the creation of this life-saving software. Thanks. And we're back. It's Run As Radio. I'm Richard Campbell. That's Jason Helmick. And we're talking a bit about the the ongoing evolution of PowerShell, all the the new things to be done, because clearly you're committed to it. Now, can we talk about Crescendo? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. So, I I have had this PowerShell was the reason that I spend so much time uh, throughout uh, the, especially the second half of my career with PowerShell Mm -hmm. is because PowerShell solved problems that I could not solve or was so hard to solve. If you look at enterprise automation before PowerShell, that was almost 
impossible mm-hmm. on a large scale to do. Mixing languages, and it was so brutal. So PowerShell solved a lot of problems for us. And one of the things, though, and I, and I always remember when I first heard Jeffrey Snover talk about the sacred valve. If you're willing to learn PowerShell and how PowerShell does things, the benefit to you is that it'll help you extend and expand your career. The idea being we will always keep pushing PowerShell forward. Right. So if you learn how commandlets work, the benefits that tab completion and all of these things that we do for you, you have a tendency to fall in love with it and it becomes easier to use. Well, my greatest challenge is I still use a lot of those console commands, those native commands that, let's face it, can get a little bit confusing. When you're looking at a Linux command, like you're looking at awk and you're looking at all these switches, you probably can't figure out what you were trying to do until you really sit there and relearn what you were doing. One of the beauties with PowerShell is it has elastic notation, so it can be very verbose Mm -hmm. and tell you about that, but you don't get that with native commands. Right. Or, or you get whatever the native command does, right? Like you're now dealing with different builders working different ways, some of them more descriptive than others, but it, it depends. And the thing that gets me is it's not like we're dealing with a problem that is going to go away no. in a few years. It's not like we're talking about legacy native commands, new native commands yeah. that are very powerful. They're very um, – somebody asked me the other day, you know, I wonder why these people don't just write everything in PowerShell. Well, that, that, you know, they may not view their customer base that way, and they're turning out a great native command. What I'd like to do is if you are a PowerShell user, can we make it easier for you to take those great, powerful native commands and make them more comfortable and familiar to you? And I know that there's a lot of folks that have this great skill set to be able to just wrap whatever native command they want and turn it into a command. Or maybe if the tool supports REST, they already know how to API wrap it mm-hmm. using auto REST. But that skill set is not the skill set that a lot of my customers have. So could we find a way to do that? It's really interesting that Jim Truer, um, the engineer that, that worked on this, Jim Truer, by the way, is has been with the team since its beginning. Wow. It was him, Jeffrey Snover, and Bruce Payette. And so Jim Truer has been wrapping commands and thinking about this problem for a long time. And he had an idea of... Yes, I'm sure he was doing it with internal Microsoft products back in the day before the, those different teams adapted it. Yeah. Right. He's fought this problem longer than anybody then. And so... And he's been, you know, dealing with it and trying to figure out ways to deal with it. And he came up with this great way. And I, I have to say that technically it looks pretty straightforward, but it, the results are pretty magical. Hmm. It's, it, it's a, basically it's a framework. And the idea is to make this easy enough that any PowerShell user can turn their native command into something that they're more comfortable with, which is a commandlet, and get those features. So think about this. And I'm just going to use a, a Windows command that we've all used, ipconfig. Yeah. We've all used that command. But when it dumps out the results, that's for you to read the results. Yeah. It's not for you to use it. No, you can't <laughs> pipe that anywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it's not structured data. So it makes it really hard for you to manipulate those strings and be able to work with that. I just want to automate knowing what the IP address is from ipconfig. Right. So wouldn't it be cool if you could do ipconfig, but instead it had verb noun like get dash ipconfig and you had auto, you had tab completion that could tab complete the parameters, tab complete your, your arguments for you. And then when you ran it, it gave you that structured data back, those nice. objects that you could send down a pipeline. That's what we're doing. And we're making it 
so that that most people can easily do this. Now, our idea is, is that if it's easy enough to wrap it, that means it'll be easy enough to maintain it, which is another drawback. When people wrap native commands, the native commands get updated or changed, especially today. Right. There's a long maintenance cycle. Yeah, power shit, all that stuff smashes and now you're in trouble. If it took you just a few minutes to make this, yeah. it'll take you just a few minutes to maintain it. Yes. The best part is, is that when it's built, it's what you already know. It builds a PowerShell module that you can then put that PowerShell module on your share on your network and, and use it for automation in your systems. You can put that module out on PS Gallery and share it with everyone to benefit from what you've wrapped. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. So they, you only we only need one person to do a great job writing IP configs wrapper and share it with us, and yes. we're good. And you know. But then we could all contribute to that. We could be part of this community that when such and such an app gets updated and those native commands came and you fix it, that you can then push it to to the community gallery and boom, we're all happy. Yeah. And, and see that. And I have to say, you know, we're really early days in this. Sure. My dream is when I see those first modules. So we see like a Nick's tools module go up where yeah. somebody's already wrapped a majority of tools that we can comment on and we can contribute to mm -hmm. and we can all make this problem a much easier problem for us to deal with in real life. Well, now, and you just sort of hinted at it and we're cross platform now too. So there's so many more native commands to wrap. Yeah. So it's funny is that, you know, I'm thinking of, of, of wrapping net SH and I started right, uh, wrapping net SH just for the, the, just to see if we could wrap that. And, and it, right. it's been going really well. And I just see on Twitter, somebody started wrapping a TCP dump on CentOS and <laughs> using crescendo. And yeah. I'm like, this is a beautiful world, yeah. windows and Linux and the different flavors. We can use this to, um, you know, improve our automation capabilities. And Here's how simple it is. You go out to the gallery and you search for Crescendo. You're going to find Microsoft.PowerShell Crescendo as a module. Right. You download that module. That's the generator. That generates the, I'll call it a Crescendo module at the end. And the only thing that you need to do is write a description file of how you want the commandlet to look and behave and what native commands you want it to point to. Mm -hmm. So you download this module and then you create a small JSON file. And I'll be honest with you, Richard, I think we might be able to maybe even auto-generate most of that file for you. Hmm. Where you just go into that JSON file with properties and values and you adjust what verb do you want to call it, what noun do you want to call it, right. and describe for me what you want the parameters called and what the native command original parameters are so that we know what to tell the native command to execute. Right. When you're all done, you export the Crescendo module, you get a PSM1. If you open that module up, you're going to see proxy commandlets. So we took this concept that PowerShell's used in a lot of different ways of creating proxies. And basically, we build the wrapper for you that calls the native command and gives the native command the proper native command switches and arguments. But it looks to you just like a commandlet with parameters and values, and it produces objects for the pipeline so right. that you can work with it in the pipeline. All of this done at four easy payments of absolutely free, a few <laughs> minutes of your time. I just think there's a whole other layer of what if now, too. It's like, hey, show me the native command you would write if I gave you this.
Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's, I think that people are going to find that if they experiment with this, that the the simplicity of it is that they may start off and look at something like CubeCTL and go, look, I can take this huge, very complicated, it's almost its own mini shell. Mm -hmm. I mean, a huge, complicated command. Maybe I want to just automate the bits and pieces of that up into PowerShell. I want to crescendo that up into PowerShell. Just some of the functionality I need. I don't have time to do the entire native command. Well, that's fine. Yeah. So you get your module out, and that helps, and that helps some people, and that helps you and get your problem done. And it took a few minutes of your time. Maybe somebody else can go out and start to tack on the rest of that. And when new native commands come out, I, I want I want to be able to embrace the fact that a company has turned out a new native command and go, this is great. But I want to use it this way, so I'm going to elevate it up and raise it up into PowerShell so that I can use it in a great way for my automation. Yeah, I'm, all, I'm also thinking about, like, there's a depth work here, too. Just the whole get help aspect of any given commandlet, that you could actually write better descriptors for the verb noun sets, for the parameter sets, than what's in the native command. And, and so here's the, and this is this is where it starts to get interesting. Yes, in the JSON, we let you make your own help in there. So yeah. you can put in the parameter descriptions and the help descriptions. So yes, you can improve that native commands help. And let's face it, some of them could use some improvement. Without a doubt. But some of the newer, yeah, some of the newer ones, Docker and kubectl, they have really good help. Mm -hmm. So since they they already have help, here's an interesting thing. Since they already have help, it's good help, and they emit it as JSON. Wow. Well, I see, I can snag that help and pre-populate that. So as this is, we just have preview one, but we are talking about how do we do some of the help parsing for you? Mm -hmm. How do we auto-generate as much of this JSON as we can? Therefore, it, now it becomes an editing process for you. If you right. want to improve the help, you can, but it came with great help. It's already there embedded in that commandlet for you. So get help. You've got discovery mm -hmm. because you've got a commandlet that's easy to discover now in the future. And every time you use this commandlet, and of course, every time you use the native command, this, it'll enter into your predictive IntelliSense, your history, and you can always recall it. Yeah. So, Well, now I mean, the other subtle piece of this is the community piece because the personality that's really well-suited for solving the initial problem of making a native command work correctly is one personality. Then you have the completionist personality that makes sure every single parameter is properly intimated, right? That's a different skill set. Sometimes same person, sometimes different person. And then you have the personality that writes great descriptors and help for around those things. So, which you never get in a native command set, unless the team's really great and they make sure that all those different roles get manifest in a set of command line utilities, you don't always see that. But we, you're making a model here in the, with the with the PowerShell community model to let those personalities always be able to contribute. You know, one of the uh, interesting things when I I talk to other product teams is we're in a very unique position. We're open source, and not only are we open source, but the entire team, including Microsoft, we embrace the open source. So, mm -hmm. to your point, yeah, this is something that. We build this as a framework, and the hope is that the community will find the value in it, and we yeah. think that they will, and that they will start 
helping each other to make this more successful. So just like you were saying, you know, there's a different type of person. I'm the type of personality that goes, I just need this. Get it to work. So let me just slap this together and then I'm moving on. And, you know, I talked to Jim Truer and he's the personality of, well, that's fine, but we need to think about this and this and this. So he's more of that. We need to make sure that we've covered all of these scenarios and all of these aspects. And then you have people that are much more documentation oriented, which if anybody has, you know, watched me type anything on screen, you know, I'm the last person that should be doing (laughs) documentation. So this is a community project. It's not just because PowerShell is open sourced. It's because the way that we solve the problem of making native commands easier to automate is that we have to help each other. There's a ton of them out there, yeah. and we don't have the time to write them all. Even though I'd love to, we just can't. And then, and then that creates this righteous cycle because it will only become more valuable with more commands well-wrapped and well-manifest. So that bit, bit by bit, it becomes the easiest way to get any of these things done. And the community is the ones providing us the most valuable feedback. Mm. A, a great example is is that I've been communicating with folks uh, in our GitHub on Crescendo um, about our choice of JSON. A lot of people are like, I don't understand. Why didn't you pick PSD1? That's more of a PowerShell configuration file and all sure. that. Why pick JSON? And it's like, well, it's very simple. We needed a schema so that we could help you write this. Yeah. <laughs> and PSD1s don't support schemas. So we chose JSON. But you know what? If you have a better idea, let's talk about it. So that's really where the community can especially help us now is that we want you to try this. And we want you to tell us where where it's being challenging and where it's not working the way that you want it. Mm -hmm. Because we're invested in talking to you about it because we want to improve it. And I think what a lot of people, if if they join in that experience, they'll find it to be exactly what they had hoped for, where they could get their idea out and it was heard and it was understood. Now, what happens to it after that's another story. So we've opened up GitHub discussions on the Crescendo repo to help people that might, might not normally go to file an issue, but maybe they'll still come out to a discussion, more like a forum where they feel more comfortable just talking about ideas. That's the kind of length that we want to go to with the community, not because we feel we need to because we're open source. We're open source because this is the way we want to be with the community. Right. And it, yeah, and it's the best, ultimately the best way to be successful too. Yeah, it has proven very good for, for PowerShell, our success. I mean, we get over 100 million starts a month of PowerShell. That's amazing That's automation lot. out there. And it's growing and it continues to grow. It just blows my mind. So, yeah. The community is really the driver behind making it successful. Awesome. Hey, Jason, so much fun to talk to you. I feel like we just got warmed up, but the half hour has vanished. (laughs) Richard, it's always a joy to see you. I can't wait to see you again at a conference. Oh, yeah, regular life. Thank you so much for taking the time. Let's uh, let's hope 2021, (laughs) those things start to happen again. It's time for Runaz to be at a PowerShell conference, that's for sure. I'm up for that, my friend. All right. Jason Helmick, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio.